Say amen, somebody. Amen. All right. Anybody excited? Oh, man, I'm excited. Seven years. Come on. Come on. Where, where are those people that have been here since day one? Come on. Or at least, you know, week one or two. That's all right. Week one or two. <laughs> amen. Amen. That's exciting stuff. Who would have thunk it? I want to start with the quote and then we're going to go into the scripture, all right? Everybody lean in, get your Twitters ready. Father, we just ask God that you would bless this ground, that you would bless the, your word, that you would bless the hearer, bless the speaker. God, let your word take root, let it change us and rearrange us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here's the quote. The hearer of God's word is a tree planted, but the doer is a fruitful one. The hearer is a tree planted. There's something awesome about hearing the word of God and putting yourself in the place where you can hear the word of God. But the doer is the fruitful one. Amen. Let's go home. I want to talk to you this morning about living a fruitful life. Anybody interested? Man, just seeing results. Anybody tired of not seeing results? I I want to talk to you about producing good crop. I I, I want to see crop that's growing 30, 60, and 100 fold. Amen? Why? Because the word says that it can. And because the word says that it's supposed to. And so if, the, if God says I can do it, I want to do it. Anybody with me? Yes. All right, so let's go. I want to share a message this morning titled Good Ground. Good Ground. And let me just tell you right now, if we get this, I believe we'll start seeing the harvest by next week. I really believe that. If you get this, you'll see harvest in your life by next week. Isn't that crazy, right, to make a bold, but, but I believe it because the Word says it. And so if the Word says it, and I believe the other stuff the Word says, i got to believe that the Word says this, and i got to believe that this is real then. So, li- listen, if we really, really get this, we'll see, start seeing the harvest next week. I-, I want you to stand real quick for the reading of the Word. And I want you to really listen to this, because this is part of the whole message. Okay, if, if you miss this... If you go to the bathroom now and miss this, nothing else is going to work. You got me? So you got to grab the seed right now. You have to catch this. Come on. Come on. Come on. The reading comes from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, 
and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. 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 He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. See, a lot of time when Jesus spoke to, to people, <coughs> he spoke to them, he used parables, right? A parable, what's a parable? A parable is just a simple story about daily living that had a living lesson, okay? So it's a story about the regular living, stuff that people can relate to that had a spiritual lesson. So Jesus told the parable to the crowd, and then... If we read on there, we're reading in Mark chapter 4, jumping down to verse 10. It says, And when he was alone with those around him with the twelve, they asked him about the parables that he had spoken earlier in front of the big crowd. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. So that they may indeed see but not perceive, that they may hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Somebody say, whoa. Doesn't he want people to understand these stories and turn and be forgiven? Why, why is he saying there that he, he's speaking to people in parables so that they might not understand everything, so that they won't get... But then he's turning to the disciples, those that follow him, and he's saying... To you, I've given the secrets to unlock the kingdom. So to the disciples, to those that he's following, he's given them the key to unlock the deeper meaning of the story. The people on the outside that haven't yet decided to be his disciples, those people that haven't made a decision to follow him, they're only going to get the story. Somebody say, why? That's the beautiful question. See, by teaching in parables, Jesus offered the hearers the opportunity to dig deep and find the truth or to turn a blind eye to just an interesting story. See, they would avoid, by by doing this, they would avoid a greater condemnation than if they had clearly heard the full truth. See, there's grace even in the way Jesus tells the story. That's what I want you to, to grab here. If, if, if he told them the full, if he told the whole crowd that was there, if he told them the full truth, then they would be held accountable for that truth, for accepting it or rejecting it. But by, by, by telling them just the story, one of the commentators wrote this, Gelden Heiss wrote, so that their guilt might not accumulate, the Lord no longer addresses them directly in explicit teachings during the period immediately preceding his crucifixion. So that their guilt might not accumulate. Jesus is not only concerned that these people may be saved, that they may come to a saving knowledge about what he's about to do for them on the cross, but that even in the time that they don't know him yet, even in the time that they're not following, he doesn't want to add to their shame. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So by teaching in parables, what Jesus does is he presents a doorway. 
so that the listeners, they stood at the doorway and they heard him. And if they were not interested, they stayed on the outside. But if they were interested, they could walk through the doorway and think more about the truth behind the parable and what it meant to their lives. Okay, so he, so he tells that story. And then, <coughs> out of all the people gathered there that day, people could have heard that story in a bunch of different ways. You guys listen to the story, right? He said, a farmer comes and he throws seed. And some falls on hard ground. And some falls on, and, and the birds come and they eat it and, and they take it away. And some falls on, on, on thorny ground. And, and the weeds come and choke it and, and whatever. And some fall and, and it goes on. There's four types of ground. The last ground, it says, and some fall on good soil. And then, and that takes root and it grows and it has a harvest and there's a crop. 30, 60, and 90 fold. Some people could have heard that story and they could have said, wow. A farmer could have heard that and said, wow, that's interesting. I'm wasting a lot of seed. I have to be more careful on where I place my seed, right? Some farm owners could have heard that and they say, wait a minute. Birds, I got to start killing birds because birds are stealing the crop. Birds are stealing my seed. And so, you understand, people could have heard that story a bunch of different ways. Some, of, some could have heard that story back then like some of us are hearing that today. And some of us could say, I'm not a farmer. Anybody? I'm not a farmer. I don't plant seed. This is 2012. So this story has nothing to do with me. Anybody thought that? You're not going to admit it, I know. You could say, that word is not relevant to my life. That has nothing to do with me. I don't plant. I don't farm. I don't seed. I, don't, I eat pumpkin seeds. It's about the only thing I, I, I deal with. Right? And you can say, that's not relevant for me. I'm dealing with financial issues. I'm fighting with my wife. My husband won't come to church with me. My kids are wilding out. My girlfriend this, my boyfriend that. And, and listen, if you can't tell me how to fix that, then you're a lousy preacher who tells dumb stories that no one can relate to. And what I'm going to have to do is find a church that's more relevant. I need to find a church that's more cutting edge, a church that doesn't talk about seeds and planting. I need to find a place where I can be fed and keep growing. See, the natural tendency is for the listener to critique the preacher. I know not you guys, because you guys are beautiful people. But the natural tendency is for the listener to critique the preacher. But here, Jesus, the preacher, critiques the listener. He says the issue isn't how well he preaches, the issue is how well you hear. Church, I hate to tell you, it's not me, it's you. In this story, we find that the seed is always good. The soil is what makes the difference. Somebody say amen. You ever wonder how come so many people could hear the same message week after week that others are hearing? And some could be filled and nurtured and grow and bear fruit, while some in the same row remain exactly the same. Doesn't that get people, doesn't that, don't you think about that sometimes? How come, how come we all <coughs> come to the same service? And then while some are crying at the front, throwing themselves on the floor, putting mocos on everybody as they hug and cry and, and, and all that. And then, or, 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 and then some people could just sit there and fall asleep. 
Or some people could just sit there and play on their phones. And say, look, two million on Temple Run. <laughs> two million. You, you ever wonder how, you know, we, somebody could be broken, crying, weeping, and, and somebody else, the person next to somebody else could talk through the entire message about nonsense. About boberia and bochinche. That's the next message. Boberia and bochinche. <laughs> Church, it's, this, it's not the seed, it's the soil. And, and we got to start grabbing that. It's not the seed, it's the soil. Jesus says, to those that follow him, you've been given the secrets to the kingdom of God. You ready for the secrets on this parable? Here's the secrets to unlocking this parable. The secret, Jesus starts in verse 14. He said, the key is this, the sower sows the word. (coughs) So Jesus says, this is deeper than farming. This isn't about farmers and seed and ground and and tilling and sowing. Listen, this has nothing to do with that. If, If that's all you're getting, good, but there's more to that. The key to this is that the sower represents the preacher, and the seed I'm talking about is the Word. Verse 15, he says, And these are the ones along the path where the Word is sown, and when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the Word that is sown to them. So the hard soil represents the hardened hearer. I see some of you talking to other people right now while I'm trying to share the word. It's like crazy to me. And I know because I used to do it, so I'm not judging. But the the hard soil represents the... It's just weird that I'm talking about hard soil and, and people are being hard soil right now. The hard soil represents the hardened hearer. Those are the people that hear the word, but they never reflect on it. They never meditate on it. They never have room in their hearts for that word. And so what happens is the, the, the birds come and pick up the seed immediately. The enemy's worst fear is that the seed would enter into soil and find and grow and find a place. Do you understand that the enemy's worst fear is that this seed, the word, would, would find a place in somebody's heart? And it would start to grow. That's the worst fear. So the first thing the enemy does, whenever that seed... This is the only time, by the way, in this whole parable that the enemy is actually involved. Everything else is just us. Our flesh, our desires, our wants. But in this particular one, when the seed falls on hard soil, the enemy, it says, Satan, he says, attacks and pulls that seed and snatches it and takes it right out. So the birds of the air represent the enemy. He doesn't want the seed to get in. He doesn't want the ground to be fruitful. Jesus continues, verse 16. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. Right? There was the second ground. These are the ones sown on rocky ground. Those are the ones who, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. But because they have no root in themselves, they only endure for a little while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. How many of you met people like that? 
You bring them to church, man, and you, you, you pour into them, and, you, and, and the first reaction, man, they receive it. Oh, my God, that was incredible. Wow, your church is amazing. Wow, God is so good. That was so good to worship, to preach, you know, whatever it is. that, that and, and they receive it, and they're so excited. And, and they walk out the door, and you think, oh, my God. Wow. This person is totally changed. This person will never be the same again. And you're happy and you're excited. But what happens the next day at work? Somebody tells them, yo, we're we doing what we normally do Monday night? No, well, you know, I'm going to go to prayer on Wednesday. So I, Prayer? Prayer? Yeah, I kind of went to church on Sunday. You went to church on Sunday? What are you crazy? And it goes on and on and on and on. Before you know it, they're Monday night. They're they, they doing what they normally do. Right? Once persecution comes, once a, a little bit of trial, once a little bit of testing comes, they're out. See, the sun's heat in, in that particular, it represents trials and persecutions. Charles Spurgeon says, some professing Christians, they have no root in themselves. Their root is in their parents, or their root is in their Christian friends, or their root is in their pastor. You can't stand on nobody else's Christianity. You can't do it. I don't care. Your father was a preacher. Your grandfather was a preacher. Your father's father's father was a preacher. Your father's grandmother's mother's cousin's sister's uncle's brother was a preacher. There's 36 preachers in your family, and it doesn't gonna get you anywhere. Amen? When you come before God and you're asked to be accountable for everything you've done, you can, like some of us do when we know police officers, You can't break out the courtesy card and say, no. My friend's a cop. Sir, you were doing 80. Yeah, but my friend's a detective. He told me to show you this card. If you don't respect him, I got a captain too. And I got my other cousin. He's a a sergeant. And this was highway patrol. And you can't. See, when we stand before God, you're going to have to stand on your own stuff. You understand? You can't say, my parents were Christians, my parents always prayed for me. Oh, but I'm a PK. Big deal. There's a special section in hell for PKs. PKs got to have their own relationship with God. Amen? So the rocky ground, it receives the seed and it grows on the top. But the ground is too shallow. There's so many Christians, they're so shallow, right? The ground is so shallow, man. There's nothing. Listen, I'll be a Christian as long as, oh, you know what? I'll see you back in September because in July and August, the church is too hot. There's not enough AC up in there. Shallow. You understand? Shallow. You sit and sweat at the beach as long as you get to be naked and look at other naked people. But I don't want to be too a little too inconvenienced. Shallow. That's rocky ground. Receives the seed. It grows on the top, but, but, but it's too shallow to put down any roots. 
Listen, they're Christians that you don't have time for church. There are all sorts of other priorities. They, they accept it and then they want to be spiritual, but they don't have time to till the soil. They don't have time to grow down roots. They let, to let that word be established in them so that it's a part of them. They don't read it. They don't crack it open. They don't open the devotional. They don't have a Bible app. They don't use it. They don't go nowhere. So as soon as the sun starts to scorch the top of that plant, it's done and they're gone. Side note, you know the difference when there's roots established deep in the ground? The sun comes and the sun could scorch the plant. And the sun could burn it up and there could be nothing left. But if there's a root there, come on. If there's a root there, when the next season comes, that thing is coming back up. Amen? See, when there's roots there, you can kill the top. You can hit it with a weed whacker. You can, you can cut it and chop it down with a machete. But when the season comes, that thing is coming right back up. And they're saying, I'm still here. Amen. There's some Christians in here. I know. You're saying, I'm still here. I don't care what you put me through. I don't care how many times you cut off the pretty part. I'm still here. The thorny ground, the next ground, the thorny ground, the ground filled with thorns. This to me is one of the most interesting examples. The thorny ground is the hearer who allows the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life to choke out the word. Jesus says in verse 18, he talks about this ground. He says, and others, they're the ones who are, who are sown among thorns. And they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Listen, there was a devotional I read this week that brought me to this whole study. And he writes in this devotional, While there are some in whom the gospel never takes root, that's the hard soil, and then there are others that receive it with joy but fade quickly. That's the rocky soil. And then there are others that produce an amazing crop. That's the good soil. There's this curious situation where people hear the word and presumably it takes root and it grows in their lives. But because of other things that are allowed to grow up around it, the thorns, that plant never produces the kind of fruit it was meant to produce. So the implication is that you can be a Christian your whole life and never produce the kind of fruit you were made for. You got to really get that. You can be a Christian your whole life and not produce the fruit that you were created to produce. You're still a Christian. But there's no fruit. The thorny soil represents those who haven't put in order life's priorities. These are people that, they're a Christian. Oh, I'm a member even. You know, you can be a member of a church and still have no fruit, right? I mean, you can be a member of the church and go straight to hell, but that's a whole other story. You can be part of the choir and go right to hell. You understand what I'm saying? You could be... Thank you, I was getting there, but... But thanks for putting me on blast. No. 
You can be a preacher and go right to hell. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. 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 <laughs> Church, I, I, I think we've convinced ourselves that fruitlessness is normal. And we've settled for an anemic existence. Church, our goal and desire as a church, the reason we got together seven years ago, is we want to break up hard ground. We want to plow and till the rocky ground. We want to identify the thorns in the thorny ground that are keeping people from being fruitful. And then we want to bear fruit before the world, 30, 60, and 100 fold. Amen? The seed that fell among the thorns, that's the one that bothers me the most. Because it's the soil that has the seed in it. The soil has been has seed planted and the seed is growing. The soil grows the tree, but the tree bears no fruit. And, and if there's any one of the Christians that bothers me in that list, is that one. I'd rather you be hard and not ready and let God deal with you and let God bring you and let God try to plow up that hard ground. Listen, plowing up hard ground... It's a painful process. Anybody been through it, you know. When God starts to break up that hard ground, have you seen the tools that they use to break up that hard ground? It's nails and spikes at the end of a rake and the, or a machine that with just knives that just rip up and rip up and rip up. Plowing hard ground is a painful experience. Some of us know that all too well. But the, the, the seed... The, the thorny ground is the one that really bothers me because there's, there's trees there. So, so the seed is there, the seed bloomed, it, it grew, there's trees there, but there's no fruit. Those trees are probably a big portion of the Christians that the world sees all around them and makes fun of us. Because we're apple trees with no apples. We're orange trees with no oranges. And for the Puerto Ricans, we're mango trees with no mangoes. There's nothing worse than, than a, a tree that claims to have something and doesn't have anything. Come on. Let those that hear, hear. There's nothing worse than a, than a, than a person in a Christian t-shirt doing things that are not Christian. There's nothing worse than a person with a Christian tattoo, with a cross on their arm, with a big Jesus on their back, the whole pack. Doing things that are non-Jesus-like. Walking in a way that doesn't glorify God. Listen, not that anybody's perfect and I'm not judging or coming down on anybody. But there's nothing worse than an apple tree with no apples. And it looks silly and it doesn't minister to anybody. Church, do you know that it is selfish of you not to be fruitful? Can I be real with you? It's selfish of us not to be fruitful. That means we, we have what we need, right? We, we're planted, we, we're connected. That means we're getting, we're getting fed, the tree's still here. We have what we need, but we don't have nothing to give to anybody. Unfortunately, that's like the, the Western church. That's the American church. It's all about us. As long as I got what I need, everything's good. And when I don't have enough, I come, God, come on. 
How come? How come I'm still struggling? How come I still have this? How come I got to drive the old car? How come? And everything's me, 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 me. But we're a tree planted by rivers of living water, but we got no fruit. Church, I don't want to be a church barely making it. But if we don't identify in our own lives the thorns and the weeds, will never be good ground. We have to learn to identify the weeds. Listen, when my wife and I first got our house about 15 years ago, we didn't know nothing. I grew up in Concrete City, Manhattan. She grew up in the Bronx. All of a sudden, we got this backyard. And I'm looking at things growing, and I said, wow, that's beautiful. Oh, look at those. Those are beautiful. And then I think it was the first time was one of Rivera's brothers came over, and he knows about this stuff. And I said, look, those are pretty. He said, those are weeds. Saca eso de ahí. I'm like, but those are nice. Saca, that's a weed. Okay, but how about these over here? Look, the pretty white thing. Those are weeds. Those are weeds. And those are weeds. You got nothing good growing here. <laughs> nothing. This whole backyard is weeds. I said, well, they're pretty. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> but church, we got to be able to identify the weed. Church, if you want to bear fruit, this is tweetable right here. If you want to bear fruit, you need to identify the weed in your seed. Come on, that was better than that. I stayed up all night for that one, bro. Jesus identifies the weed. It's that thing that chokes us out. That thing that keeps us from being fruitful. That weed in our seed are worries, wealth, and wants. Worries, wealth, and wants. Jesus said, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things. Luke calls it the pleasures of life. The three classes of thorns that stand for distraction. Listen, cares. That pertains to our responsibilities and our duties. Church family, we, we can't get so caught up with everything that we have to do. And I'm preaching to myself, trust me. That we don't do the things that we should do. Too many times I heard, I got too much to do to come to church this Sunday. I'll see you next week. If you're too busy to get fed, then you're too busy. Amen? I got too much to do. Listen, if you don't take time to make God a priority, you are choking out the real fruit that's in your life. Riches is another one of the thorns that Jesus identifies, another one of the weeds. The possession or pursuit of wealth. How many of you know people that did, they, they don't have time for church because they're trying to make a dollar? Right? No, I got I to gotta, I gotta get paid. I got to go out there and get my hustle on. I got to get paid. They, Christians allow this weed to choke out any fruit that they could bear. The crazy thing is, they're choking out the wrong plant with this one. When you allow God to make you fruitful, He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. 
If you allow God to make you fruitful, all these things I will add unto you. In search of riches, you're ignoring the one who can truly make you rich. And you're going after the one that wants to pay you minimum wage. The last thorn he talks about is wants. The desire for other things. How many of us get caught up on this one? The pursuit of pleasure. That is, following any sinful pleasure or even the inordinate pursuit of even innocent pleasure. Too many Christians want the best God has for them and the best the world has for them at the same time. I, I heard a story that there's, there's Christians, there, we want to be in the doorposts so that we can enjoy everything that the world has to offer us and we can still enjoy everything that God has for us. The problem is we're standing in the doorway and we can't let real sinners come in. That's why churches, you know that more churches are closing than more churches are opening? Every day, like by the hundreds Churches are closing and churches are opening, but more churches are closing than churches are opening. Because Christians are in the doorway and we're not letting any sinners that really want to come after God. We're not letting anybody that really wants to hear the parable and wants to step through the doorway and say, what is that about? What does that have to do with my life? Because there's a bunch of Christians in the door and they're blocking it because they want all of this to tickle them and they want this to tickle them. And they want a hallelujah on this day and they want to get down and dirty on this day. And they want to have fun with their church folk and then they want to have fun with their worldly folk. And they separate their lives and they're, they're, they're one person here and they're one person here. They show these tattoos uh, with these guys and they show these tattoos with these guys. Hey, who can live like that, church? Come in or come out. It all comes back to our priorities. What matters more? Do I want to live a godly life or do I want everything else? I've seen this desire summed up in a single tattoo. And I've seen this tattoo on many, many people. If you have it here, I'm sorry I'm not shouting you out. I don't think I've seen it here at all. So, It's a tattoo of the two, the, the smiling face and the... And the sad face, you know, the drama. And it says, laugh now, cry later. And that's the desire of this world. Listen, laugh now. They understand that we're going to cry later. They understand that there's judgment coming. They understand that one day we're going to have to answer. They understand that one day we're going to have to give report for everything that we do, both good and bad. But they're saying, you know what, let's have fun now. Let's enjoy ourselves now. Let's have all the sex we can have. Let's do all the drugs we can have. Let's smoke all the trees that we can smoke now. We'll cry later. We're going to cry later. And the sad part is that this lasts like this long. And this is eternity. As the choir comes, let me close with this. Jesus says, he goes on to say right after he shares that parable. He said to them, do you bring a lamp to put under a bowl? Do you light up a a lamp? Do you put this light on and then put it under the bed? 
Or, or do you put a light on and do you put it on top of a light stand? We who hear are called to be the light of this world. Do you know that you're called to shine? I wish that for a moment, and, and this is where I really think the fruit could come in your life, for a moment, stop seeing yourself as the audience and the, the ministry team, the pastor and the listener, the preacher and the congregant or the visitor or the... Start to see yourself as who, the way God sees you. That the same seed that's in me, the same seed that grew in me, that changed me, that turned me from the biggest liar that you could imagine. I used to lie in high school, man... I, I was the best liar I knew. I, I still don't think anybody could lie better than I can. I was the, you know why I could be a storyteller now? Because in the world, I was the biggest storyteller. I, I would make stuff up. You could ask my cousins growing up. I told them I had superpowers. My cousins believed for years, you could ask them, for years that, that I could melt things with my eyes. I was the worst liar. I was, I mean, a good liar, but I'm saying I was the worst. I would lie for no reason. I remember in my house, there was a piece of the carpet that was burnt, and I told my cousins I burnt that with my eyes. And I, I proved it to them almost, so, so, so that they believed it for years that I had superpower. I, was, I would lie for anything. Listen, the same seed that can turn this liar into, into a mouthpiece that wants to just bless people, that wants to encourage people, that wants to drop truth on people, even if the truth hurts. That same seed is in you. And you're called to do the same thing that I'm doing. Some right up here, some in your everyday walk. You are going to talk to people and reach people that I never will. And that's your opportunity. Do you understand that? Like, when we say, is anybody new here? There should never be a Sunday where there's not new people here. Why? Because we want to grow. and be... No, yes, we do want to grow because we want to reach more people. But we want you to be fruitful. And you're not going to be fruitful until you present the seed that's in you and you show fruit to somebody. And somebody could say, and, and, and listen, there's rejection there. And that's why a lot of us don't do it. There's rejection. Somebody can say, you're crazy. I ain't going to church. All right. That's cool. We still... Amen? But that person now, you showed some fruit. Now that person is watching you. And now that person every day is going to get the sermon of you. Because every day they're watching you. And they're watching when you got passed over for a promotion, how you went and ratted on 16 other people. Or they're watching how you took it and said, God, I'm going to trust you. You know I deserve that position. God, but I'm going to trust you. And then they're watching how you deal with people. And they're watching how you are in your lunch break. They're watching how when you walk and Shorty passes by and you, woo. 
They're watching. And so every day you're preaching a sermon now. And you're not being stupid. You're not, oh, Jesus the tree and Jesus is the sun. And Jesus blesses lunch. And Jesus, you know, you're not being a psycho. You're just, you're just being serious. You're just being you. You're just being, letting that fruit come out of you. And you're just ministering every day with the way you live. And eventually those people that you invited, they'll come. Because eventually when that hard ground gets torn up, when it gets tilled, when God comes after it because God wants that person saved more than you do, when God breaks up that hard ground, they're going to know who, listen man, you still go to that church thing? Can I come with you this week? Come on man, we've been waiting for you. I have a seat next to you, reserved, great waiting, amen? Church, Jesus is saying nobody lights a light and then hides it under the table. You light a light and you bring it to the top and you put it on a light stand and you let it shine. We are called to shine. Amen. The responsibility of those who understand the word of God is that they are responsible to expose it and to publish it and to, and to publish the truth. That, that's the word of God. So ask yourselves today, are you good ground? Coming to church doesn't make you good ground. When you come to church and the seed is dropped on you, so you let the enemy rob it by the time you walk out the back door. You could do that with two bochinches from the third row to the fourth row. Gone. You, you understand? Good seed got put on, and you turn around, you see what homegirl was wearing? She needs to stop being wearing that because she needs to, I don't know who she thinks she is worshiping up there because she ain't this and she ain't that. Boom, the enemy comes, stole the seed, no seed left. You leave here seedless. Do you take the word? Do you take the seed and, 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 and immediately and, and, but then ignore it as soon as you leave? Do you allow the cares of this world to make your hearing of the word no effect? Do you keep the word and see it bear fruit in your life? What's the fruit? Galatians 5.22 says this, the the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You need to hear it again, I know. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you're not bearing that fruit, there's some weed in your seed. Attitude is a weed. Unforgiveness is a weed. Hatred is a weed. Impatience is a weed. Lack of self-control is a weed. Irresponsibility is a weed. So church, if you're willing to do something about it today, I'm just going gonna, gonna to shut up. I'm just going to invite you to call out to God with the choir. The choir is about to call out to God. They're about to call God faithful. They're about to call God Wonderful. Call God healer. Call God all these things. If, if, if you feel something in you, if you're saying, listen, I'm tired of being the thorny ground. I'm tired of being the hard ground. I want some stuff broken up. There's some tilling going to happen right here. I promise you. And so I invite you right now. Let's all stand. I invite you to some good ground. Come on, church.